get me. From Studio A in Arcata, behind the Redwood Curtain, it's time for... Suckatash. Suckatash Clips, the original comedy soundcast featuring snippets from comedy... Soundcasts. And here's your host from up the coast, practically unknown outside of comedy soundcasting, comedy soundcast soundcaster, Tyson Saner. Salutan, estas me, Tyson Saner, welcoming you to Suckatash, the comedy soundcast soundcast, the podcast that dares to call itself a soundcast that features clips from other soundcasts, allegedly of the comic variety, sometimes merely comedy adjacent. That is to say, if you have a soundcast and it can be considered a comedy-related soundcast, I may have listened to it. I, I may have already clipped it. Former host, now executive producer Mark Hershon may have clipped it. Or, I have yet to hear it. And when I do hear it, I will probably clip it and feature it here on Suckatash, the comedy soundcast soundcast, because that's what this soundcast is. You want clips? We got clips. This epi features content from awards chatter, broad topics, just joshin, entry level with Brooks Whelan, about last night, and come to Papa. In addition to clips, we've got a single burst of durst this episode, which will be opening our show, and another reading from our still pretty new sponsor, TrumPoetry.com. All right, let's get to it. As I stated, opening the show tonight is our clip from raging moderate Will Durst, with his burst o' durst for the episode. This one is from August 30th, 2018, and it is called Labor Day 18, in which our intrepid correspondent goes all gooey on a silly little holiday. Hey, guys. Will Durst here with a few choice words about the most underrated holiday of them all. Labor Day. Poor baby. It gets less respect than a MAGA hat at a Bernie Sanders rally. Like a super soaker at a northern Idaho gun show. Or a chocolate chip cookie in the Great British Bake Off. Probably got something to do with being the seasonal signpost for closing the door on summer and staring down that long, cold hallway to the deep, dark heart of winter. The first Monday of September means all the fun has expired, and a big dollop of dreary is in the offing. The last pair of swim trunks has been worn, and corduroy jackets are being pulled out of boxes from the basement. Time to take down the screens and chop a cord of wood. What we tend to forget is the meaning of Labor Day. 24 hours that we set aside to honor not the dead, but the living. It's a calendar conundrum to celebrate what it is that we do for a living by taking the day off. Just one day out of 365 for the nine to five heroes that keep this country humming so that they can sit back and relax. To hang with families and friends before squaring our shoulders and getting back to the job of earning a living and carving out the future. So happy Labor Day, everybody. Have a great one. Tap a keg. Char some hot dogs. Because this ain't no champagne and caviar kind of holiday. This is for everyone. Blue collar, white collar, and no collar. Anyone who's busting their butt to put some food on the table and cover a mortgage with maybe a little leftover for a 10-year-old's birthday party featuring an appearance by some teenager dressed as Spider-Man. Hey, it's a gig. For Succotash, the comedy soundcast, soundcast, I'm Will Durst. Thank you, Will Durst. Go to willdurst.com and check out the Will Durst Journal, his comedy for people who read or know someone who does. 
You can also join his group on Facebook and follow him on Twitter at W-I-L-L-D-U-R-S-T. On to the clips. First up this evening, Awards Chatter by Scott Feinberg of The Hollywood Reporter. In the description on iTunes, it says, Awards Chatter is a podcast moderated by The Hollywood Reporter Scott Feinberg that features in-depth interviews with the most interesting and accomplished people in show business. This clip is from May 7th of 2018 in a show called Samantha B from Full Frontal with Samantha B. Its description reads, The first woman ever to host a late-night satire show reflects on her 12 years at Comedy Central's The Daily Show. And then in parentheses, she was the longest-serving and first female correspondent. Close parentheses. Betting on herself by leaving that job for a show of her own at TBS, parentheses, which won an Emmy in 2017, close parentheses, and what it's like making that show in the fast-changing and mind-blowing Trump era. This clip from the Samantha B. portion of the program has Mr. Feinberg and Mrs. B. discussing the chronology of former The Daily Show host Jon Stewart's departure and the beginning of Full Frontal. So can you clarify some chronology? Because in prepping for this, I've read a sure. whole bunch of articles where they're presenting it in different ways. Did yeah. you, when you left The Daily Show, uh -huh. had you already been aware, A, that John was leaving and or B, that someone yes. other than you was going to be the next host? Did you know that? Well, I'll tell you the the chronology. Okay. So, okay. So in September of, I guess, 2014? Okay. Well, I'll forget the year, but mm -hmm. I think it's 2014. Mm -hmm. In September of 2014, TBS bought a script from Jason and I mm -hmm. for the detour. The detour. So we wrote a script for them. They greenlit it. We shot the pilot in December of 2014 in North Carolina. We loved it so much. We were like, this is it. We always knew the whole time we were there that our next step mm -hmm. was to work together on something probably scripted. scripted yeah. And we had been laying that groundwork for years. We sold lots of pilots. We sold film scripts. We were constant. We thought of ourselves and knew ourselves as producers and writers for sure. Mm -hmm. And that would be our future. And Jason had produced movies in Toronto. Like it was just a part of how we and we are do it yourself people. Mm -hmm. So we filmed that in December and we love it was a, an incredible experience. Our collaboration with the network was great. We loved the script. We loved the family. We loved the world that we created. So we were dying for it mm -hmm. to get greenlit as a series. TBS at the time was in a period of transition. Mm -hmm. So we didn't know. It just it's impossible to know. You just mm -hmm. cross your fingers and pray. So then January, I guess we were in the edit or they were reviewing it or whatever. And then I think in February, that is when John announced That's, that he yeah, was leaving. Correct. So there was a week-long period. We did not expect him to announce that he was stepping down. We didn't know what was happening with the detour. And there was really nothing else happening. As soon as he stepped down, I guess, you know, conversations were happening about me, but it didn't seem realistic to me when you say conversations were happening yeah were, everyone was like well who's gonna replace john but had you had anyone said to you would you be interested or anything not like at that? all no so i didn't really know what was going to happen we had a period of that week in february where we were a little bit lost mm -hmm. and we knew that that day was coming right. we knew that we were going we knew that we were going to leave and we knew that the show would end for us we didn't know which would come first mm -hmm. it's always shocking when it's for years real. and years and years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When it's just all of a sudden real, right. it just materializes and you go, oh, let me cry. <laughs> okay. And then let me reset. Right. So we went out to L.A. because we had another little job to do. 
And while we were in L.A., TBS told us that they greenlit the detour, wow. which was incredible. Big news, yeah. The, and good timing. Huge news, great timing. And they basically, around that time, offered me the opportunity to do my own show. And in terms of late night slash talk show, mm-hmm. whatever, they had gotten into that for the first time with Conan. Mm-hmm. And so now they were looking to continue to grow that area. To grow that area, but I think they saw it. I mean, I'm paraphrasing. I mean, I'm like get, trying to get into their heads, but mm-hmm. I think that they saw a property. I'm going to refer to myself <laughs> as a property that had great possibility. Yeah. They saw tremendous potential. Yeah. And I give them an amazing amount of credit for that because yeah. there was no other network really going like, hey, we got to get her to well, do something. Particularly so, though, weirdly, you're saying including Comedy Central. Well, did that bother you? Is that I would think that's a little weird that not well but here's the other question though in fairness do you think that it wasn't even an option I don't by think the that, time they got I don't know around what was in I don't know what was in their heads but it did not seem like a real option to me. You didn't think it was going to happen. Yeah. Oh god no. Not even close. Even though people around me wanted to believe yeah, yeah, yeah. that to some extent, yeah. I knew the truth was that that was not an option. So at that point though when you're leaving to go to do mm-hmm. Full Frontal at TBS. If yeah. Full Frontal, if it had flopped and mm-hmm. been canceled after your 13 episodes that you were sure. guaranteed or whatever, what would you have done? Well, I would have been working on the detour. I mean, we, so you know, you we had have, our that pickup. Would have been your yeah, I would have focus. probably focused on, I would have focused on scripted, but it wouldn't look so, I mean, I had other ideas for late night shows for sure. I would have had to go around town and start pitching myself. Was there any sure. scenario where you would have stayed at the Daily Show under another anchor? No. I didn't think no, so. Yeah. No, You know, we were there for a long time. Yeah. I was there for 12 years. So yeah. it really didn't matter to me who the next person was. Right. It was just the right time to leave. Like, it was just the correct time. You know, right. if you look to the universe to tell you when to make a break, that was, that it. was it. That was it. So Jason left. I mean, the writing room for the detour started up fired up in april so he left and then i left shortly after i left in may because we wrote all through the summer and shot all through the summer you can follow scott feinberg on twitter at s-c-o-t-t-f-e-i-b-e-r-g you can follow samantha b at i am sam b that is i-a-m-s-a-m-b-e-e and if you want to find the podcast you can go to itunes stitcher and of course you can go to www.hollywoodreporter.com H-O-L-L-Y-W-O-O-D-R-E-P-O-R-T-E-R dot com. Next up this evening, Broad Topics, with an X, by Kim Congdon and Alex Scarlato. The description reads, From near-death experiences to naming their vaginas, Kimberly Congdon and Alex Scarlato cover a series of broad topics. This clip is from episode 18, which is called Let Me Tell You About Mint. It was released September 1st, 2018, where Kim and Alex discuss their adventure-filled trip to Las Vegas. But first, a little bit about Soul Survivors. You like flying. I don't like flying that much. Well, I like flying because I never really flew as a kid. So mm-hmm. it's super exciting for me to like be in the fucking air and like look down. At, like the aerial view is not something that I've ever been used to. That's um, some white girl shit. Yeah, it's crazy. Nobody but a white girl is excited to be 35,000 feet suspended in the air trusting another human to keep you there flights don't go wrong that often like how often does a plane crash i have to look that up would you please yeah i need to know because 
I looked it up one time because I read this story about this plane where this there was a bomb. I think this was in like Germany or something put in in some in like um in the plane. The plane blew up, and and the plane blew up, and there was only one survivor. It was a flight attendant, but she fell for three and a half minutes. She was suspended in the air, falling. What? How do you survive that? She only had like broken ribs for three and a half minutes. Mm-hmm. Do you know how fast your um. Like, aren't you going basically like terminal speed? I don't know. Like, <laughs> if we can find that article also, that would be dope to pull up. Because, but how often do planes crash? What does that say? I'm looking for it. Because, um, like, how many times have you had something that worked all the time and then suddenly it just broke? You know what I'm saying? Like, it seems like it should happen more often. Yeah, for sure. But they they test and like retest and check everything before they leave. You know? Yeah, but like everything, everything, every wire that's in that plane is tested and retested. Okay, so last year there were more than 3 billion people who flew on more than all right, 3 billion people. I'll fucking take that number out. Um, there's There were 36.4 million flights mm-hmm. and um, only 81 accidents. 36 million and only 81 accidents? Yeah. According to the International Air Transport Association. Um, Yeah, the five-year average, it has been 86 accidents per year. Um, So that's about one accident for every 2.4 million flights. So it's one in 2.4 million chance or so. Wow. A one in 2.4 million. I like that. Yeah, it's really... Really low. Really fucking low. Can you imagine? I mean, there's people... Can you Google plane crash survivors? Yeah. Because, like, those people... Do they fly? You have to fly again after that because it's not going to happen twice. You know what I'm saying? Like... Well, I mean, I that's a personal thing. Like, there's a lot of people, like, after an accident or whatever, like, who are... I feel like you go one way or another where you're like, I'm either never doing that again or that's going to be my life now. Yeah. You know what I mean? They become pilots. Like, fucking Bethany Hamilton, the fucking 14-year-old chick who got her arm taken by a shark is, like, a pro surfer. like, you know what? I'm going to surf. I'm just going to keep surfing, bitch. Like, um... Yeah, okay, so in the history of aviation, there have been a very small number of sole survivors of airline crashes. Um, in 2011, there was a sole survivor on a plane with 45 people where 44 died. That's crazy. That's a crazy feeling. That's fucking crazy. <laughs> like, my, that would be, like, goals, though, if you, like, because, like, this would be my ideal. You situation. said this. You said this on the flight. You were like, well, if it crashes, I'm going to be fine. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's going to be me fucking. You'll see me digging myself out that rubble. <laughs> you'll see my little finger with a joint in it. It'll stick out of the rubble. Like, how'd you get that on the plane? <laughs> I'm, I crashed the plane. <laughs> I'm the reason the plane's here. Uh, no smoking, they said. Um, yeah, like, that would be goals to be like, um, like, let's say your boyfriend dumps you, right? And you're like trying to, t- and he's like, I bought you a flight back home. You can't live here with me anymore. I'm sending you back home. Like, I don't want you to live in my house anymore. And you're on the plane back to your parents' house, right? And you're, like, sad. And the plane crashes. And he hears about it. 
And there was 120 people on the plane. Only 119 survived. So he's like crying. You mean only one survived? 119 died? Yes, that's what I meant. And he's crying and crying, but he's kind of sort of relieved because of it through the whole thing. And then they're like, but there's one survivor. (laughs) And they show it in the news. (laughs) You just see a hand come up and smack down on the rubble. And another hand come up and smack down and lift itself up. And it's your fucking (laughs) ex-girlfriend. That shit would be a gangster ass move. She's wearing an old t-shirt you gave her. It's me, bitch. <laughs> My locket's still here. Yeah, no, that's crazy. Um, I'm sure, I mean, I would have survivor's guilt. I think we discussed this before. I know that I would have survivor's guilt. I think you'd be like, bitch. Um. I'd have survivor's pride. I'd be like, there was 45 losers on that plane. And only one winner, obviously. <laughs> yep, they say the strong survive, and here I am again. <laughs> At the funeral. That's my funeral speech for them. <laughs> anyway well i guess murphy was right (laughs) that law was there's a reason for that law (laughs) it can and it will (laughs) you can reach kim congdon on twitter at kimberly congdon k-i-m-b-e-r-l-y-c-o-n-g-d-o-n reach alex scarlato on twitter at capital g capital d capital i underscore lowercase a-l-e-x if you Google Broad Topic Podcast, the first link you will find is from broadtopics.blueberry.net. Blueberry spelled B-L-U-B-R-R-Y. Blueberry. You can also find them on iTunes, Stitcher, and Podchaser. But I found it on my Laughable app, where it was recommended to me through the app. Thank you, Laughable app. Oh, the app can't hear me. Right? Right. Well, anyway. In the number three position, once more, from the Savage Henry Magazine Radio Network by Savage Henry Magazine. Just to refresh you on who they are, the podcast description reads, The Podcast Network, produced by the editors of Savage Henry Magazine, a humor magazine based in Humboldt County, California. Woo-hoo. More than 10 different podcasts all in one place. To get familiar with Savage Henry Magazine, check out their Facebook page, which is Savage Henry Independent Times, or send $1.50 to 791 8th Street, Suite N, Arcata, California, 95521 for a sample issue. Please enjoy. Normally the magazine is free, but of course if you want it shipped to you, you know, fifty is not bad for a whole magazine's worth of humor. Anyway, this clip is from episode 152 of Savage Henry Magazine Radio Network, which features Just Joshin. That is J-O-S-H-I-N with an apostrophe on the end. And it was released July 10th, 2018. So the description says, Debut, but not so debut, episode of the Savage Henry Magazine Radio Program. After Mighty Long Slumber, hosts Chris Durant and Daniel Amaral welcome the rebirth of the Savage Henry Magazine Radio Program. A new special producer and ringleader, Michelle Myers, as well as a debut show of Just Jashin. Host of Just Jashin, Joshua Barnes, is joined by studio hosts Evan Vest and Matt Redbeard, as well as Chris Durant and Daniel Amaral, who drop in to share their two cents. They talk wrestling, Norwegian black metal, and the Cold War. And then it says, listen till the end of the episode for a surprise and join us next week for a debut show of Trevor Has Friends. Yes, Trevor Has Friends, which you might recall was clipped on Suckatash. In episode 172, Esper Rantan about soundcasts. Check that out if you want to hear a clip from there, or check out Trevor Has Friends. It's on the same It's on the same pod feed. So, this clip features conversation about host Josh Barnes' recently discovered appreciation for Fleetwood Mac. Look, I have this really cool idea, all right? Yeah. For, I've, you guys know I've been listening to a lot of Fleetwood Mac lately. For and, sure. Uh, I'm really into the Rumors album, and I was thinking about what if they went on tour and they just let me MC their shit like while they were touring. Like I was like their hype man, you know? Like I'd be like, "Come on now!" Like you know, that'd be, I mean, like that would be really cool, right? Yeah, I think I think actually, 
Yeah, people would be really into that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I think people would be into it. I think like you know, like I'm th- I've been just practicing in the car, like when she was singing "Dreams," and like I would be in the middle, like like with the breakdown, black, like, and I'd be like, "Come on, put your hands up," like you know, like that. <laughs> I, just, I just thought it would be really good. Who showed you Fleetwood Mac? <laughs> Evan. Evan, Evan, what's crazy? Evan showed well, I think me. I, I maybe played like one song. You he was just like man, you're like man, this is he's, this is good. And I was like man, if you like this song, you're gonna literally like all of Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, because it all sounds like this. Yeah, you played uh, Gold Dust, Gold Dust Woman, right? Is that the name of it? The one yeah, I probably played Rhiannon. No, you didn't play Rihanna. I, I know it's not real. This That's is how much I, I love Fleetwood Mac. No, this is what I remember. I remember okay. this is how much it meant to me. This Fleetwood Mac song meant to me. Like when Evan played it, obviously, uh, it made such a like I remember seeing the picture just being I'm like, what is this? Like I have to hear more of this in my life. And I thought Evan knew all about Fleetwood Mac. And then, like, I'm three albums in, and I'm like, "What's up, man? You listened to the song before?" Man, like, I can't wait to show you. Um, uh, I can't wait to show you three eleven. Three eleven. Yeah. Oh, you don't know? Are they like Fleetwood Mac? Oh, dude, they're just like Fleetwood Mac. I don't know, man. They're just like Fleetwood Mac. You know what's tired are, about three? I don't feel like they're like Fleetwood Mac. They're just like Fleetwood. Not only are they like Fleetwood Mac, I'm pretty sure for the longest time I'm like. Oh, this song down? Like no, this song Amber? Yeah, no, 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 no. Is no. this not I don't, Fleetwood These Mac? all sound like dangerous song titles. They're not titles. dangerous. They're beautiful. Like, down? This is, is, this the, is it like down with the sickness or something like that? Is yeah. that no, thing? that's disturbed. No. Come on, Josh. Yeah. Disturbed, disturbed and Fleetwood Mac are kind of different. Yeah, they're a little <laughs> just kind of different. Yeah. So what, 311? Yeah, 311. I'll show you 311, man. You're going to love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's gonna be your new favorite band. I don't know, man. Um, I've been. I think like I've I've pretty much maxed out. Uh, I've all my like I got Fleetwood Mac. I got like Mac DeMarco. I've got this Rex Orange County. Like I can't take too many man, more white artists. In you right gotta now. Like, I gotta take a break, dude. I gotta give. I gotta. I gotta wait. I got. Is Mac, there I any? Just, do you ever I feel that Mac Miller back out? Like you man. know what I'm saying? Like yeah, that took me by surprise. Yeah, that's and that was pretty old for me. Like you know. I'm going to show you the best bands, okay? I'm going to show you 311. There's this other band that's super tight. What? Uh, they're called... Um, what's that band called? Yeah, I think uh, it is... Pantera? The, yeah, Pantera. I'm going to yeah. show you some Pantera. No, I don't like it. The way Evan said it... Just, There's this other band called uh, Crazy Town. Or is it Crazy Town? Yeah. You're My Butterfly. It's poetry. It sounds... It's like one of their many hits. It's one of their many... I don't multiple... <laughs> Multiple award like winning platinum hits. I don't think I'm gonna like any of these. Uh, there's this other band I'd like to show you called Cattle Decapitation. I definitely don't want to hear that. Of course you do. Mm-hmm. Why don't you want to listen to Cattle Decapitation? Because it doesn't like bluegrass. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh, so wait, can we get back to my original idea? Can we do this? Yes. That, yeah. Would you think that's a good idea? Um, yeah, dude. Do you think... You better hope that Fleetwood Mac likes you as much as you like Fleetwood Mac. I've never met the guy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Which... <laughs> I, think he, I think he would think that you were tight. You I know? don't know, man. Now you guys are scaring me about, like... How scared? You want to go on a world tour with Fleetwood Mac and we're scaring you? 
But I didn't say a really world like, tour. You know I just said I just said I wanted to be I wanted to be their hangman. I wanted to be their just, MC. Yeah, just do that. Like, Without go, them? Huh? Without them knowing? Yeah, Are they all alive? Is the whole fleet? Oh, they're all group? dead. They've been dead for. <laughs> I know they're not all dead. Like, are they? Are any of them? They dead? actually did just fire Lindsey Buckingham. Yeah, I read. I saw an article about that. Who's? Which one's that? Who's that? Um, one? he's the he's the he's the the uh, the cartoon rabbit oh, drummer. Okay. He kept eating their carrots. Oh. They had a writer, and they got tired of asking for extra carrots. Other writers with Well, I think we've shows. exhausted Fleetwood back. Let's talk. <laughs> I don't never exhaust that subject. You can reach Josh Barnes on Twitter at jbarnesismental. That is J-B-A-R-N-E-S-I-S, capital M-E-N-T-A-L. You can reach Evan Vest on Twitter at evanvestisreal. That is E-V-A-N-V-E-S-T-I-S-R-E-A-L. Matt Redbeard is on Twitter at RedbeardOG, R-E-D-B-E-A-R-D, capital O, capital G. Chris Durant is on Twitter at D-U-R-A-N-T-707, that is the numeral 707. And Savage Henry Magazine, of course, is on Twitter at Savage Henry Mag, S-A-V-A-G-E-H-E-N-R-Y-M-A-G. And you can go to SavageHenry.com for links to other soundcasts on their network, including Just Jashin, Trevor Has Friends, and Things Hella Considered which I may be clipping on a future episode. This episode of Suckatash is sponsored in part by TrumpPoetry.com, a chronological ode to a fake muse. Enjoy a rhyming spin on the news of the day every day, as well as over 500 archived daily verses thoroughly covering the White House, America, and the world with a sticky caramel coating that's impossible to remove. That's TrumpPoetry.com. Everything you need to know in rhyme in couplets trumppoetry.com yes trumppoetry.com these two selections are from fairly recently they are 872 and 873 number 872 is from september 2nd of 2018 a politics pretending brave and tough yet at its core is sadly born in fear let's phony controversies fill the sphere now rise above and finally say enough for some things transcend party or ambition, and lie beyond the money, fame, and power, allowing more abiding truths to flower, as counter to who pray without contrition. So says the man who held this space before, the Kenyan socialist who took our guns. How far the change to one who tweets and runs, as eulogy to one who gave far more. A funeral, a place to speak the truth, as well as is November's voting booth. And from September 1st, 2018... Number 873. As the wheel of life takes its toll, in its path you will rock, you will roll. Give and get some R-E-S-P-E-C-T. So decrees the late, great Queen of Soul. And our fourth soundcast clip tonight is from Entry Level with Brooks Whelan by Brooks Whelan. Its iTunes description reads, This is a podcast about all those jobs we've had that sucked. Each episode, Brooks will interview a guest and find out what garbage they had to put up before they got to the position they are in now. This clip is from episode 27, with guest John Roy, released April 23rd, 2018. Its description reads, John Roy discusses growing up wanting to be in a band and attending songwriting sessions from Billy Corgan and Jeff Tweedy before starting stand-up in Chicago. He's also had every type of bad manager possible, and goes through the list of finding each one. 
This is all before he, and then all caps, one star search in 2003? Exclamation point, question mark, exclamation point. Roll clip. What was the first job you ever had, and where are you growing up? Uh, I grew up in Chicago uh, on the north side of the city, and then when I was 14, I moved to the first suburb north, which is called Evanston. Okay. Uh, That's still still close. Yeah, the train runs right through it. Um, we, uh, my first job ever was as a camp counselor in the North woods of Wisconsin, uh, to the camp that I went to. And so you, you hung around, you were like screech from saved by the bell. I came back. Like I was like, what am I going to do? I got nothing to do this summer. And, uh, you could like totally, um, you know, it was just a, 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 it was like kind of a job. You know what I mean? Here's, Here's a funny thing I saw the other day. Somebody was tweeting. They're like, if screech was a genius. Why was his job after was school? Was he a genius? I, th- I thought that- he was like a dork genius. But his job after I always school, I thought he was just a dork. Uh, I think it was supposed to be like a brainiac. Was it supposed to be because, like, I never. I've only watched it a couple times because I'm I'm too old for it. Okay, by like a year. You know, like I'm 44. Yeah. That's so. A- my class is the 90210 class. Okay, and Saved by the Bell was on Saturday mornings when I was in high school. Yeah, so it was you're sort not of waking like, up early for uh, Saved by the Bell. And also, like when when you're actually you, everybody loves high school things when they're younger than high school because. Like that's what I'm gonna be. Oh, but then when you're in sure. high school, you're like, they don't drink. What's wrong with them? <laughs> yeah, like the, the, all th- the cool kid doesn't drink. Like what? Yeah. what these aren't. These are not real people. Also, we were always like, <laughs> as, as like sixth graders, we're like, this place called Bredo Pizza. We're like, this is the max for us in <laughs> Manchester, Iowa. But we were literally just like thrown out of it all the time because we would like. Steal food and trash their bathroom. Like, I bet it was the shitty sixth graders who were just in here. So I don't know a lot about Saved by the Bell, but the episodes I saw there wasn't any real emphasis on him being smart. He was just way, a dork. He basically, <laughs> I thought he was supposed to be smart. Then he turns into Mr. Belding's sidekick in the late in like the. Same, yeah, he, the he's basically class. that dude from your fraternity that went and worked for Nationals. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, you're gonna just go from house to house and see if they're uh, doing the ritual right. Oh, that's, is that that's real a thing? That's oh, a yeah. thing. Yeah, if you, in your fraternity, they send this dude around to you who's like, "Hey guys," and like that's his job. Hey guys, hey class of '98. <laughs> yeah, like and he, he just goes from chapter to chapter and like. Hopes they don't get sued or whatever. Oh, like, my God. Yeah, like, there's some horrendous sticking around jobs. Jesus. But I went up to this camp, and uh, we it, w- it was fun, you know, but, man, did we, like, the drinking that we did and the idea that we were responsible. As a For as, children. As a, like, a 14 to 15-year-old counselor? Oh, no, I was, like, I was 17. Okay. Like, so, and 18, but we were in Wisconsin in the woods, man. No, like, I get if it. if there was a human body, they were going to serve him alcohol. Like, it yeah. was like, I run a bar in a forest. So the chipmunks can't buy a lot of beer. So we need to find any human we can, and we're not going to check their ID. But uh, it, we really shouldn't have been. Also, I think there was a rule, at least for me growing up in Wisconsin, you could drink at 19 if you were with your parents. That was like a real law. (laughs) <laughs> but we did not have our parents there. I'm just saying, like that's how <laughs> this 24 year old guy is my dad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah ex- I, and they'd probably be like, uh, "All right, <laughs> sure, man." Uh, we drank. We played this game that was the most ridiculous drinking game that uh, to this day that I've ever. I mean, now I'm gonna told him like, "What? Why do you play drinking games? How about this game? Drink when I want. Like yeah. that's a pretty fun game. No, yeah, it's a, that's a great game." I, I, <laughs> Like, I gotta be honest, I'm fucking great at it. 
<laughs> drinking games also are always weird because, like, if I want to drink, why is the penalty to drink? Yeah. <laughs> like, well, I, I want to drink. Oh, why? for sure. Oh, no, I lo- lost. Oh, I dang it. <laughs> so we play this game, and I don't recommend it to anyone because you can die, but it's called The Pitcher Game. And the way, real creative naming in Wisconsin. But you go to a bar, you get a pitcher, you, everyone sits around the table. One guy buys the pitcher, and you pass the pitcher around. You drink directly from the pitcher. Sure. As much or as little as you like. But the person who finishes the pitcher, the guy who passed it to him, must buy the next pitcher. Oh, that's fun. Oh, it's fun until you start looking at half a pitcher. Yeah. Going, I really don't want to buy the next one. And oh, and you couldn't take your lips away. If you take your lips away, that's the end of your sip. Sure, okay. It's disgusting. Everyone got cold sores. Yeah, you're just passing herpes around. Like I get, I get cold sores. (laughs) Like I do, and um, uh, my girlfriend's like, "That's disgusting." And I'm like, "Everyone I knew had them because we always just play flip cup." Which is just a, <laughs> the, you would just get a table doused with other people's lip stuff, and you just flip in cups. You know what flip cup is? Oh yeah, where you chug the beer and then yeah, you flip the cup it. over. Yeah, and like I, I remember, I was like, everyone I knew got them. Like, <laughs> well, because there's something about the like 19 year old mind that just doesn't think about the germ theory of disease. Also, <laughs> like, yeah, also, like, also when a beer bong's being passed around, I'm like, let's or fucking a, rinse this out. Maybe, yeah. maybe a little bit. Also, you drank at bars in college, if you went to college, that didn't clean the lines, ever. No, ever. Never. You can reach out to John Roy on Twitter at John Roy Comic, J-O-H-N-R-O-Y-C-O-M-I-C. You can reach out to Brooks Whelan on Twitter at Brooks Whelan, B-R-O-O-K-S-W-H-E-E-L-A-N. And if you have any health jobs of your own you want to share, email entrylevel with Brooks Whelan at gmail.com. That is E-N-T-R-Y-L-E-V-E-L-W-I-T-H-B-R-O-O-K-S-W-H-E-E-L-A-N at gmail.com. To see Brooks live this summer, get tickets at brookswhelan.com forward slash shows. And you can find the show on Libsyn, entry-level with brookswhelan.libsyn.com. And Libsyn is spelled L-I-B-S-Y-N. Next up, About Last Night, by All Things Comedy. The description of About Last Night is comedians Brad William and Adam Ray share crazy stories from their lives on the road. From sex to sports to booze, when a dwarf and a Jew come together, the results are unpredictable but always entertaining. According to Wikipedia, All Things Comedy is a digital media cooperative and content creation studio and a home to a community of professional comedians. It is the brainchild of comedians Al Madrigal and Bill Burr, founded in October 2012. Bill Burr's a guest in this clip. It was released July 16th, 2018. And in the description, it says the great Bill Burr joins us to talk about what it's like being a parent, bullying, his high school days, and the imminent robot takeover. And don't forget to check out his Netflix special, Walk Your Way Out. Helicopter videos? Yeah, I follow a lot of that stuff. How often are you flying? Well, I was on the road in Europe and, and on vacation last month. Not in your copter? Uh, no, no, no. Oh, no. Okay. So I, I haven't flown since uh, okay. like mid-May, so I got, I got to get back in there. But I, it's something I honestly like really... Uh, like I really miss it's 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 the incredible amount. It's such it's the most ridiculous 
You know, when they always talk, white privilege, white privilege. Yeah. <laughs> white privilege ain't shit. Get a pilot's license. <laughs> All of a sudden, you're by yourself flying over Dodger Stadium, and it's legal. Like, oh, oh my God. You know? I'm saying it's not shit. You know, yeah, but, but like, yeah. the in, people of color, <laughs> your fans, all of a sudden, yeah. I get like, oh, we have so, two listeners. Socially, we have two. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. yeah. And, and um, we talked about this backstage at the goddamn Comedy Jam, but I asked you if you had ever done the auto-rotate thing in your helicopter. Oh, no, you have to be and, able to do Yeah, you things. have to do that, and that blows my mind. Adam, What's that? when no, you... It's, that's not that hard. Well, like, <laughs> but just the concept of it, when you auto-rotate, you take off in a helicopter, you have to shut off the engine no, and then land? No, you don't land? shut it off. You, you don't shut, shut it off? It off. Jeez, just, how often does just, this happen where guys who've never flown just, a copter tell you how it's done? Well, Let me I tell you how like, you live your life, Bill. I, I, I was like them. I thought before when I was training, I just thought, like, well, this thing doesn't have wings. Yeah. If the engine cuts out, you're fucked. But you're, right. you're not. You're not. It's oh, like, you're not. Well, when it's when it's on, mm-hmm. it's drawing air into the disc, and that's what's creating lift. And and like the all the blades are shaped just like a wing. So it's the same thing. All you're doing is you're causing air over the top to go faster than below. Right. Which creates a low pressure system. High pressure always goes to low pressure, and it takes the most direct route, and that's through the wing, and that's how it fucking goes up. So that's what it is. So, when the engine quits, God forbid, how you keep it turning is you now falling to the ground and it, and it rushes up. So, there's a gotcha. certain speed with each one that you fly that you have to stay within because there is a thing, though, if the RPMs went down too far, there's no way to recover. Mm-hmm. And then you just, you're in a bag of bolts and you're, you're going to die. So, but the thing is, is like they train you like a lab rat. Like the low RPM horn comes on, yeah. it's fucking nauseating, and you just slam the collector down. But to to get into one, it's the same inputs that you mm-hmm. do when you go to land. So as long as you think it like that, when I was taught it, they were like, what was it? It was like uh, lower collective. Of, uh, I can't even remember. And it was like right pedal for trim, blah, 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 blah. You know, trim, airspeed, RPM, and all, yeah. the, all this shit. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You do have to look at that. But it's more just like, okay, if you settle into you just you do what you would do this. If you want to go forward or, you know, you can do that. <laughs> you want to slow down, you just do that. It's right pedal. For, all you do is you just literally, the horn comes on and you go like that. And then you settle yeah. in. And then you just always make sure that you're flying. You're never flying below what I fly is uh, 65 knots because you don't, you don't have to try to increase your speed because right. you'd have to nose it over and you're already falling towards the ground, which you don't want to hit. So, <laughs> um, so when you're coming in for a landing, like it's like you, you want to, uh, before you make your final turn, you are still keeping it around 65. Right. God forbid if something happens. And if something does happen, you're right there at the fucking airport. So it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Watch, I'll <laughs> die next week. <laughs> <laughs> has, your, has your passion for flight travel... Uh, like transition into like is there going to be like a Bill Burr balloon like hot air like uh, center opening up or <laughs> that's more like Jeff Dunham Jeff Dunham yeah. <laughs> build, he builds his own oh for real he builds his own helicopter I thought you were like, like the puppet guy. guy's got hot air balloons he really no, does that guy. that guy I saw a documentary on that yeah. guy I was like this guy is like he's like he's fucking unbelievable he builds his I, own helicopter. Like he builds his own helicopter. He built his own puppets. Because if you go to a store and you buy a puppet, I didn't know this. I've done that. And then you get famous on it. <laughs> yeah. Then they come in, hey, you're using our product. Oh. oh. And then, like then, a you, then you owe them thing. money. Yeah. Oh. So, some tiny and store. And then he just make some stupid sock puppet. Yeah. Yeah. You know? No offense to mankind. <laughs> right? I will get that reference. He, he actually went on the computer. It was unbelievable. He had, the, he had this 3D design. First of all, he made like this amazing character. Like, he has the ability to do that. And then he stuck it in this thing that looked like a safe combination like microwave 
and it and it, he pours this goop in or something like that, and it comes out, and he's got by the way, fucking head. I want to watch like, that documentary, but I want to have it immediately followed by the video of you talking about what the documentary is it, like. You can yeah. have your documentary, you talking about it. It's just like this fucking guy. I'm sitting there going like, "Hey, I wrote a couple of jokes today." This fucking guy's like a mad scientist. He it's made like, a business. There's like lightning yeah. going off in the background. It's like he uh, makes a puppet. I had, I had a. Uh, Oh, Dude, I already respected the guy, but when I saw that, I was like, yeah. "Jesus Christ, this fucking." That's guy. cool when that happens when you feel like you know somebody when you don't really, and then you see something like that deeper on them. Like, like, well, I mean, when you started, uh, even just um, growing up, like, what were you into comedically? Like, what you, what got you like interested in all this? Oh, Three Stooges, yeah, Dean Martin, Jerry Lewis. I liked all the silly shit. Yeah, I never yeah, was classics. into the Marx Brothers. I was oh, really? never a smart guy. It was always <laughs> just somebody get hit in the face with a pie. It's fucking hilarious. It's classic. It always yeah. works. Yeah, and, my you... and my mother hated slapstick, mm-hmm. so the more she didn't like it, the funnier it was. Yeah. Sure. Because then you have her commentary, like, yeah, I don't just, get it. This is fun. <laughs> this is just re- like with Jerry Lewis. You should be, oh, he's, he's too silly. He's just too And it just would make it even, uh, even funnier to me. You can reach Brad Williams on Twitter at FunnyBrad, F-U-N-N-Y-B-R-A-D. Reach Adam Ray on Twitter at Adam Ray Comedy, A-D-A-M-R-A-Y-C-O-M-E-D. You can reach Bill Burr on Twitter at B-I-L-L-B-U-R-R. You can reach the About Last Night podcast at A-L-N podcast, that is capital A, capital L, capital N, lowercase p-o-d-c-a-s-t on Twitter. And of course, you can go to www.aboutlastnightpodcast.com. You can also reach out to the All Things Comedy Network at All Things Comedy. A-L-L-T-H-I-N-G-S-C-O-M-E-D-Y. Go to allthingscomedy.com, where you'll likely to find a selection of over 50 soundcasts to choose from. All right, last up. Come to Papa with Tom Papa by Tom Papa. This description on iTunes says, A positive podcast from stand-up comedian, actor, writer, bread maker, friend to all, Tom Papa. This episode was recorded live in an episode called Come to Papa Live 62618. It was released July 24th, 2018. Its description says, Live with Judy Gold, Robert Kelly, Colin Quinn, Keith Robinson, Dave Hill, Bonnie McFarlane, Olivia Vessel, and Rick Crum. In this clip, it's moments after comedian Judy Gold's set, and it's time for a special promotion. Judy Gold, everybody, Judy Gold. Tom, in the beginning of the show, did you mention your attraction to Sarah uh, Sanders? Sarah Fuckabee Sanders? No. In the song, yes, you did. You said you liked Sarah Sanders in the beginning of the show. In the song, oh yeah. Well, okay. it, it wasn't that I really liked. Her oh, all right, just checking. Okay, I find her very attractive. We'll be right back with more joke analysis by Judy Gold. Because <laughs> it's funnier when you talk about jokes. <laughs> and now a word from our sponsor. Are you looking to get away this summer? Are you looking for some good old American fun? Well, maybe it's time for Judy Gold's 4th of July barbecue. I fucking hate barbecues, okay? Why would you even ask me to do this, Tom? I live on the Upper West Side. Jesus fucking Christ. Judy Gold's 4th of July barbecue. Come for the fun, stay for the food. The food? Okay, the food is the worst part. What? What is wrong with people? What is the big fucking deal with eating stuff off a grill? I mean, you got to stand around while some fat slob is flipping burgers and dripping his sweat all over the place. Then he hands you a carcinogen burger that's burnt on the outside and bloody on the inside like some kind of burn victim. (laughs) What the fuck is wrong with you? This is funny, assholes, okay? (laughs) 
But what's your choice, really? A hot dog? I'm sorry, but I am not eating a pig casing filled with hair, nails, and assholes, okay? No, thank you. Count this Jew out, all right? Judy Gold's 4th of July Barbecue. It's about getting together with good friends. Oh, yeah. Bunch of fucking losers. Anyone who is still in town and coming over for a barbecue on the 4th of July just couldn't figure out something better to do. It's like people who make the mistake to have children and a bunch of weird relatives who just stand around and ask the same fucking five questions over and over and over again. Get away from me, Uncle Larry. No one gives a shit about what the fucking traffic was like, you asshole. Judy Gold's 4th of July Barbecue. Why do you keep repeating it over and over? Are you having a stroke or something? Judy Gold's 4th of July Barbecue. Who needs the Hamptons anyway? I do. I need the fucking, fucking Hampton, Hamptons. You think I want to stay in the city and walk around these hot sidewalks inhaling dog shit and stink bombs? Uh-uh, no. I want to be in the fucking Hamptons with the beautiful people. Why doesn't anyone invite me? I mean, I'm fun. <laughs> fucking goddamn. I'd be a lot more fun at a party than Andy fucking Cohen or Anderson Cooper running around in their little shorty short shorts, all right? At least I have some fucking jokes to tell. Judy Gold's 4th of July. Say it one more fucking time, Tom, <laughs> and I'm going to punch you right in the nuts, all right? Maybe just go to the Jersey Shore instead. Judy Gold, everybody. Judy Gold. You can reach out to Tom Papa on Twitter at Tom Papa, T-O-M-P-A-P-A, Judy Gold at Judy Gold, J-E-W-D-Y-G-O-L-D, Colin Quinn at I am Colin Quinn, I-A-M-C-O-L-I-N-Q-U-I-N-N, Keith Robinson at one, the number one, one Keith Robinson, so that's one, K-E-I-T-H-R-O-B-I-N-S-O-N, Dave Hill at Mr. Dave Hill, that is M-R-D-A-V-E-H-I-L-L, Bonnie McFarlane at Bonnie McFarlane, B-O-N-N-I-E-M-C-F-A-R-L-A-N-E. Reach Rick Chrome at R-I-C-K underscore C-R-O-M. And what might be Olivia Vessel at O-L-I-V-I-A-L-V-E-S-S-E-L. And you can reach the show's website at allthingscomedy.com forward slash podcast forward slash come hyphen to hyphen papa. And just like that, the show is near over. I close another chapter of the audiobook that is Succotash, the comedy soundcast soundcast. It's time to sweep up the eyeballs. Uh, oh, wait, I used that one already, didn't I? Ugh, can't remember. A wiki for this show would be so handy as a reference tool. Sadly, the rules of Wikipedia wouldn't allow me to do it myself. Uh, as far as I know, I, I, I don't understand how Wikipedia works, really. Is there a Vox video? I'll look it up after I get done here. Thank you so much for joining me wherever you're listening. If you like us here at Suckatash, the Comedy Soundcast Soundcast, and you'd like to help us out, it would be great if you could write a review on iTunes, or anywhere they let you write reviews, really. Online, that is. Well, you know what? I'm cool with print media. Also, there is merch at cafepress.com forward slash Suckatash Show. S-U-C-C-O-T-A-S-H-S-H-O-W. And I imagine that's another great way to show us love, by showing off your love of us to others, sharing us with others, loving us together. It's a huge and wonderful favor you'd be doing us, being our mascot of sorts. Sharing images of yourself on social media with our shirts on, being subsequently featured on our social media sites, 
that sort of modern reciprocal love that is just another fantastic way that you could, if you were so inclined to make a fashion statement, and please, pass the succotash. You've been listening to Succotash Clips, the comedy soundcast soundcast with your host, Tyson Saner. Brought to you by Henderson's Pants and... Imagine your company's name right here. Find us on the web at SuckatashShow.com, on iTunes, on Stitcher Smart Radio, on SoundCloud, on YouTube, on Donder, on Blitzen, on iHeartRadio, and on... <laughs> the Laughable App. You can hear us streaming and like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Suckatash Show. Email us at TysonSaner at SuckatashShow.com. Or call into the Suckatash hotline at our toll or call number 818-921-7212. You can also upload clips from your favorite comedy soundcasts directly to us by using our direct upload link at hightail.com slash you slash succotash. Production of Succotash is overseen by Joe Paulino through the auspices of Studio P. Sausalito, hosted by Tyson Saner. Our executive producer is Mark Hershon. Our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is Kenny Durges. Until next time, I'm your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please pass the Succotash. Goodbye. Goodbye.